Let's go. Let's go. I love what Pastor Angie said. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. And I love what Pastor Angie said about, about moms. And uh, I called my mom this morning on the way in and, and just say, hey, mom, happy Mother's Day. And she said, well, thank you, son. She said, what are you doing today? I said, mom, for 32 years, I've been on church staff and I pastor a church. And I said, I'm going to work. The only day I work this week, mom, that's what we, you know, that's what the thought is of us pastors. And so, but to my mom, happy Mother's Day, mom. I know that you're in worship right now, but thank you for pouring in and investing in me. And uh, I'm here today because of, of her faithfulness. My mom led me to Jesus. So I'm, uh, I'm eternally grateful for her. But I love what Pastor Angie said also that, that all of us, women, you all, I, I want every woman in the room to hear you have influence. And uh, there, there is something that God wants to do through you and, 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 and maybe in someone else's life. You know, besides my mom, I've been surrounded all my life with, with other ladies that God has used from Sunday school teachers. You've heard me tell you stories how I was a biter when I was a little kid. I bit people, you know, and I think of Miss Joanne Bailey, who was so patient with me and she protected me from my dad a lot because I knew what was coming, but, but other ladies that God, teachers, others that, that just pointed me in the, in the right direction. And so ladies, I hope that you never lose scope of your influence. Okay. Whether you have children at home or whether you've not had children, listen, there's a role for you to play in influencing others, right? And, and, and don't let anyone ever quiet your voice. You know, use it for God's glory. Use it for good. Pour into. Some of you have kids that are maybe out of the home. Listen, you're still here. God's not finished with you yet, right? There's still someone that needs what God has planted within you. Uh, we were just talking with a, a, a lady after the service today, and, and she came in, and, and this will make more sense to you in, in just a few moments. But she said, you know what? I have a burden for something, and and, 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 and I've just kind of let some no's and, and that need to wait or I just kind of, it, I, it's, it has stopped me from pursuing what I have a burden for. And uh, li listen, uh, a vision always starts with a burden. Okay. You're going to hear more about that in just, but vision always starts with a burden and, and God has planted something within you, maybe ladies, and don't, don't, don't sit on that. Use it for his glory. Amen. But happy Mother's Day. And we, we are so grateful for your leadership here in this house, in your house, wherever that may be, but especially here. And those of you that are watching us online in your house today, happy, happy Mother's Day. You guys are going to miss out on the fun. We've got a chartered bus taking us to the port of Galveston for a cruise right after this. And so... Just kidding. No, we, we know that many of you are with your family and your friends today, and, and we pray that it is a great day uh, for you. Hey, can we pray for a move of God for the Holy Spirit to come down at, at another house of worship today? You guys, if you've been with us any amount of time here at 1910, you guys know that, that we, we know that we're not the only thing happening in the kingdom of God. We know that there are other places all across our city this region, the state, and the world in which the move of God is happening right now.
for the Holy Spirit to come down just as we sang. We're praying for that to break out. So we love to pray for other places of worship, other pastors as well. And, and today I want us to pray. And we've prayed um, before for the Kendall County Cowboy Church, but I want to pray in a special way today because their pastor, Pastor Steve Gross, has been battling cancer and, and it's come back and kind of attacked him in a, in a really, really ugly way. And, and it's near his, his voice box. Listen, we, we pastors, that this is our instrument. This is Brent's instrument. And by the way, aren't we thankful for our worship team today? Can we show some honor? But just as this is Brent's instrument, Pastor Steve and every preacher, their, their voice box is their instrument. And, and, and I just want to pray for healing there. Is that okay if we do that? Uh, listen, I don't know where you fall on the spectrum when it comes to healing. I just believe that with my God, all things are possible, that he does everything according to his plan and his purpose. And so I'm just going to take my request to the Father, and I want to ask and pray for Pastor Steve Gross today. Is that okay? So if you're near somebody and comfortable doing this, would you just grab a hand today as we, as a sign of unity and as oneness, as the body of Christ, as the people of Christ. God, we come before you today on behalf of Pastor Steve Gross. And God, I'm praying for healing over his that cancer that's that's attacking him and, and that voice box. God, Lord, this is a man of God and he speaks confidently and boldly for you. And the enemy hates that. He hates it. And he's going to do whatever he can to stop that. God, I'm just asking for you right now to lay healing hands on him. God, I'm asking for you to deliver that. I'm asking for you to protect his voice, God, so that he can continue to point people to Jesus. And speak of your goodness and your glory. God, I pray for those gathered there at the Kendall County Cowboy Church today. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God has fallen on that house. I'm praying that those rafters would shake and rattle with a mighty move of God today. Come on, 1910, let's go. We're believing that can happen. God, we're praying for a move of your spirit like never before. God, I thank you for Pastor Steve. And God, I pray that you continue to use him for your glory greater ways in the days to come. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your Spirit's presence here with us today. God, I want to thank you for just the reminder as Brent and the team were leading us today that, that God, there is a lion inside of all of us. And God, I'm praying for that lion to roar. God, I'm praying for, for us to be people of faith that step out and do things for your glory, for your fame, your renown, God. Not for ours, but God, that we would let this lion within us roar. God, it's time for us to go. Let's go, church. Let's go to the alleyways. Let's go to the hedges. Let's go door to door. Let's go to the hurting. Let's go, church, to the broken. Let's go, church, to those dark places. Let's go, church, to those places that need a touch of Jesus. Let's go. Let's go. We're your people. We're your ambassadors, Lord. Use us for your glory. We're excited. Holy Spirit, have your way in us now. If you're ready, say, let's go. Come on, if you're ready, say, let's go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate the Lord today? Come on, church. Let's go. Let's go. Hallelujah. 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 We're in this study looking at the book of Nehemiah. 
We're seeing that Nehemiah has a burden. God's given him a burden for something. And through that burden, a vision begins to take shape and take form. Uh, uh, we, 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 are, we, we know that Nehemiah, as we looked at last week, has this vision to, to rebuild the, the, the walls that, that lay in rubble around the city of Jerusalem. We, we know that Nehemiah gets a, has a burden, he gets a vision for it, and he begins to pray, he begins to seek the Lord. Prayer's a good thing, are you with me? It's good, he begins to get a plan, a vision from God about what he wants to do. He executes that plan, we're going to look at that in the, in the weeks to come, and he does something impossible. In fact, I'm going to read you to me what I believe is the key text, and in, in, in you don't have this on the screens, but in Nehemiah chapter 6, I believe it's in verse 16, 15. It says, so on the October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. When, when, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Listen, if you zone out and don't hear another word today, I want you to know that what you're facing, what seems impossible, is not with the help of God. Come on. With the help of God, what seems destitute, what seems unreal, what what seems like a pipe dream, I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible. My Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make it through this mountain that I'm facing, this thing that seems insurmountable. This setback is just a setup for God to do something awesome in your life. Are you with me? Let's go. I will keep you guys all day. You're going to miss Mother's Day luncheon if you don't talk back. Let's go, church. Let's go. Nehemiah has a vision. He has a burden. Just as we looked at last week, it's important that we understand something, that, that before we set out to do anything for God, we ought to talk to God. And what we find time and time again through this short book of Nehemiah, this, this man, Nehemiah, was a man of prayer. And he spoke with God. He prayed. He talked to God. Nehemiah talked to God. And he walked with God. But Nehemiah begins to hear from the Father above. And he sets out to do something that really seems impossible. He was going to rebuild the walls around the city. The temple's been rebuilt, but the walls lay in the rubble. We knew, if you remember anything about walls back in those days, walls were protection for the city. Walls were a sign of power. Walls were beautiful things as well. But the walls around Jerusalem and the beautiful temple that had been been rebuilt still lay in piles of rock. The gates charred and burned laying there. Nehemiah has a burden. And through that burden, oh, he he develops a great vision. There's a vision inside of you in this room today. You're carrying around. There's something you're burdened for. What might God be willing to do through you when you just step out and take a risk? In fact, let me ask you a question. Are you a risk taker? Do you like to take risks? How many of you say, I'm, I'm, I like to take risks? A few of you, how many of you like, I just rather play it safe. And just kind of, yeah, that's me too. I like to think that I'm a risk taker and I can look back at my life and see there have been some times in which I, I have demonstrated tremendous faith, maybe the faith of a Nehemiah. I've taken a bold step. There have been some, but more often than not, I'm telling you, I, I might just be one of those guys, oof, I just don't know if I have, 
I don't know if I have, I don't know if I have that in me to do what God might be calling me to do or conquer something. Uh, Tower of Terror at Disney World. <laughs> I know that there, it's an engineering feat. And I know that millions upon millions of people have done that. I'm just not that risky. Give me the teacups. Give me, give me the log ride. In fact, my girls have asked, can we get a season pass to Six Flags over there? I said, no, because I only would ride the log ride. It's the only thing I feel safe in, right? And that's what happens to us. Fear can paralyze us, can it not? Fear can cause us not to take risks. And, and we're going to see as we look in chapter 2 of this man Nehemiah's life, right, that, 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 that he's going to have to overcome some fear and step out and take a risk to do something that God is calling him to do. In fact, I just want to remind you of something today, that being obedient and following God will always involve us taking risks. We, 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 we took a risk 16 years ago when we stepped out from a, from a comfortable place, an incredible church, great ministry. We were burdened with people in this area that had no church home to connect with. And so my wife and I, we, we set out with, with a burden. We didn't set out thinking, hey, listen, we just need another church. Bernie has great churches. We have great churches. There were great pastors and leaders all across our city. We didn't set out to build something because, hey, we, we were frustrated or mad at the place we were at. We didn't set out with this. This burden was not, hey, we think we can do it differently. And better. No, no, no. We just, we were burdened for people. We were burdened for people that had no spiritual home to connect with. And that burden drove us and we began to develop a vision. God gave us a vision for this thing we now know as 1910 Church, a house that would find people far from God and restore them, bringing them into the beautiful relationship that he had for them. Our burden, our vision started with a burden. There might be something inside of you right now that you're burdened for. And I'm just excited to see how you might be willing to step out and take some risk in order to see that vision become a reality. But make no mistake about it. Everything that you step out, any risk you take for or any vision you set out to do for the Lord, any burden that he gives you, listen, it's going to require you taking some risks. In Nehemiah chapter 2, we've read in chapter 1 that Nehemiah's burden for the walls around Jerusalem his brother comes and shares with him the news about the, the, the walls laying in row. Hey, Nehemiah had never been to Jerusalem, had never been to, had never seen the holy city. He just knew how God viewed Jerusalem. He knew that that was the promised city for his people. He had never been there, but yet he has this burden for it. His brother shares that with him. And we find in chapter one last week, if you missed it, listen to it again. But he begins to pray, asking God to help him be an answer to his prayer. He acted. We're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But Nehemiah took steps. He acted upon what God was calling him to do. But we see here in chapter 2 that not only was he praying, but as he was praying, there was planning taking place. Are you with me today? Look what it says in verse 1 of Nehemiah chapter 2. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan... During the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. If you remember anything about Nehemiah, he was the cupbearer. He, 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 was, he was 
so important to the king. Listen, Nehemiah was that guy that would bring the king his drink and his food. And Nehemiah had the awesome privilege of tasting it before the king ever set his lips to anything. Now, that's an awesome undertaking unless it's poisonous. You see, then the king would know, I better stay away from that juju because look what happened to Nehemiah. No, but we know that Nehemiah's role is important. He he has so much favor. He has so much responsibility. He is highly favored by his king, Artaxerxes I. And he says that it's, I'm, I'm bringing his wine, I'm bringing the food to the king, Artaxerxes. But he says this, I never before approached him sad in his presence. And so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And Nehemiah says, then I was terrified. Nehemiah has a burden for something and it's eaten him up. Listen, four months have gone by since Nehemiah's brother has shared the vision and the news about the walls of Jerusalem in rubble. Four months of him praying, four months of him daily having this burden well up within him. Four months. How many times a day in those four months had he come into the presence of Artaxerxes? How many times had he come in and maybe had to fake it? You see, because listen, to come in the presence of a king in his day with fearful thoughts or to come in unwelcome, it meant execution. That's why when we read in the book of the Bible, Esther, the very next book after Nehemiah, Esther came into the presence of the king uninvited. That meant execution. And so Nehemiah is set. Listen, every king back then had the same egos that a lot of us have today. We want to be around people that are fun and life-giving, do we not? Come on, somebody, I just want to be around Eeyore's. I just want to be around people that bring me down and look sad. All that. No, you don't want that. Neither did King Artaxerxes. That's why Nehemiah says, I'm terrified. Because the king notices, what is wrong with you, Nehemiah? What's going on? I I noticed something different about you. You're not jovial. You're not fun. You don't look sick. Why are you so sad? And Nehemiah was terrified because he knew, whew, if I don't pump up this king and make him happy, whew, my life could end today. He's terrified. But what we see here as we progress through chapter 2 is Nehemiah did not let his fear stop him from sharing with the king what God had called him to do. Let me ask you a question today. Do you allow fear to get in the way and keep you from being obedient to maybe something that God is calling you to do? Have there been those times in your life in which which you knew that God had impressed, God had given you a burden, God had given you a burden to to plant a church, or God had given you a burden to to have a conversation, God had given you a burden, and you just, you became afraid. A hard conversation, maybe a, a shift in a new job venture. Maybe a witnessing opportunity for you to share your faith with someone and you just, oh, you were terrified. Maybe God was calling you to serve in this house somehow. 
Listen, we're rebuilding. We're resetting the walls of this house. And how can you help us build what's been broken? Maybe it's to step out and start giving financially through this house for a kingdom. I love this. I carry this in my Bible. I got to show you guys this. I got a little little letter from a, from a, a young girl Easter Sunday. She came and met me in the pastor's reception afterwards. And if you're a first time guest, I'd love to shake your hand. And my wife, Angie, and I would love to meet you and give you a gift and, and, uh, and what have you. But, but Rachel came in and visited Pastor after Easter Sunday's message, and she had written me a letter. Now, inside this letter was a, was a Ziploc baggie. It was stapled right here. Oh, there it is. Look at that. You, you see there's some money in there, and there's some coins. Do you say coins or coins? Coins. Okay, just checking. And this is what the letter said, is that was stapled there. It said, Dear Pastor Jason, when I went to church on Sunday, I noticed that the band was only three people. I think that you're in a curveball. If, if any of you have been with us, there's a, it's a great, make a great teaching series someday. You ought to, I think that you're in a curveball because I heard my dad say that some volunteers and band members left. So while in church, I thought of a way that I could help out. Here is the tithing money, T-I-D-I-N-G, the tithing money that I was going to give to the church. And you see it there. There's what she gave there, a little nine-year-old girl, tremendous sacrifice. But you know what? She wasn't afraid to step out when God was calling her to be obedient and do something. And and can I just tell you what God's going to do through her little tithing money? Come on, somebody. He's going to rebuild some walls. He's going to help rebuild some things in this house that are broken. You see, but for some of us, fear stymies us from stepping out and bringing our tithe. How will I make ends meet? For some of us, what do I have to contribute? I'm antiquated. I'm outdated. What can I contribute in service and ministry? I'm just telling you, if you're still breathing, God's not finished with you yet. And there's still something for you to accomplish here. Now, you might not have the strength that you had when you were younger, but there's still a contribution for all of us to make. We see that in this man, Nehemiah. And we're going to see it in the weeks to come as clan after clan begins to join in and rebuild that city's walls. And how many days? Anybody remember? 52. 52 days. Don't let fear paralyze you. Fear can paralyze you. Fear can paralyze an individual. Fear can paralyze a church. Can I just tell you something? If God calls you to something, he will help you accomplish it. Listen, God will bring the provision for your vision when you step out and let him do what he wants to do through you. Nehemiah is afraid. The king notices it. Oh boy, my life hangs in the balance. Verse three says, but I replied to the king, long live the king. How can I not be sad? You see, for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And the king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, remember that phrase, I replied, if it please the king and if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. 
The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? <laughs> I mean, the king can't just stop eating and drinking, can he? Who's going to taste the juju before it comes to me, right? How long are you going to be gone? Can I tell you something? It was 12 years that Nehemiah would be gone. 12 years. That, that, that must have been how long that Nehemiah thought the project was going to take. But how long did that project take? Come on, somebody. But the king asked, how long are you going to be gone? After I told him how long I'd be gone, the king agreed to my request. And I also said to the king, if it pleased the king, excuse me, we'll get to that later. Let's stop right there. <laughs> Nehemiah had been, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And, and because Nehemiah had prayed so many times through so many other smaller, maybe minuscule things. Listen, he had no problem with the big ask in this moment. You see, Nehemiah's communication and communion with God was so strong, so sweet. It was so rich that Nehemiah knew because he had prayed through the small things that God would be with him and provide for him when he had to pray for the big things. Hey, how often do you and I maybe miss out on God doing big works through us and in us just because we fail to take everything to the Lord in prayer. I want to sing an old hymn right now, Matt, but I'm a preacher. I'm not a singer. But, but Nehemiah was so good at praying and taking his request to the Lord that when he has to now stand before the king, listen, he's done it. Four months have gone by in this prayer. And now he just says, okay, God, this is my go time. Hey, king, listen, I'm sad. Because the walls are in ruin. Well, how can I help you, Nehemiah? Oh. The king asked, how could he help? And Nehemiah steps into this moment. And look what he says. Actually, you, you, you can't miss that phrase I told you not to miss about prayer, right? Things are accelerating. He's in this conversation. And he has a moment to step in and embrace and he could, like he had the other previous three months and 31 day, 30 days, had missed the moment, but not this time. He steps into it, and he begins to ask the king for help. I also said to the king, it says in verse 7, that if it pleases the king, let me have some letters addressed to the governments of the province west of the Euphrates River instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on the way to Judah. And king, would you please give me letters addressed to Asaph, who's the manager of your forest, the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I'm going to need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests. Uh, don't miss this next part. Because the gracious hand of God was on me. Wow. I, I know that for some of us, we might get a little discouraged wondering, why hasn't God answered my prayer? I, I don't know if I have an accurate or complete answer for you there, but I just know that, that when, when, when I read about Nehemiah here, 
he is known as a man who walked with God and talked with God. And therefore, when during this moment of a big ask, the gracious hand of God provided what Nehemiah needed. And I just can't help but think that that might be a little takeaway, Cameron, for us today. That in my walking, my daily walking and talking with God, there is something, a relationship that's developing. And, and, and I can't help but think that God blesses obedience. And I can't help but think that Nehemiah had proven himself in the smaller things so that when this big thing came about, I, God didn't hesitate there. Not only God didn't hesitate, but neither did the king. The king stepped out. Now listen, Nehemiah is not just praying some simple prayers over these four months. In his praying, he's also planning. Come on, prayer comes before the planning. We oftentimes flip that though, don't we? We plan and, and we kind of keep God out of maybe this big decision you're facing. Hey, this difficulty that's going on in your life, this mountain that seems, we, we oftentimes plan, okay, how am I going to get through this? And we fail to invite God into that moment, <laughs> right? But see, during Nehemiah's praying for four months, he's also planning. Can't you see it here? By the way, if you're a leader of a business, an organization, a team, if you're a teacher in a classroom or, or you're the CEO in a place called your home, right? Listen, there's great leadership principles here. He prayed, he planned, and then he acted. Come on. Don't you know that some of the best leaders in life are the ones that are going to be willing to pick it up and get after it? Let's go. Aren't you thankful for the people? I, I love what, you know, not, not just do as I say, but do as I do type of people. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Linda, I like that. I like do as I do type of people. They just be willing to get after it. But Nehemiah prayed and he planned, but then he acted. His plan was, he had heard from God so much that he knew that he was going to need letters that would go and validate to people that he would come in contact with. Hey, I've got papers from the king. We're going to talk more about that next week. I've got letters from the king here. That, that, that they've given me, hey, in fact, he, he, even, he even knew what type of materials he was going to, hey, King Artaxerxes, listen, would you send a letter to Asaph, who's your forest manager? I'm going to need some timber from, from, from his mill to help me in this project. He, he was so planned out, he had thought through everything. But more importantly than all of his best plans, don't miss that, the gracious hand of God was on it. Man, I'm just telling you guys, whatever you can do to develop that more in your life, a lifestyle where God is with you, he's for you, and he is blessing, come on, you want the gracious hand of God on you. Why ain't God blessing me? Why ain't he answering my prayers? Why ain't God doing, we think he's a genie in a bottle, and we rub it, and he just pops out and does whatever we want him to do. Are you being obedient? Are you being obedient in those small things that God has mapped out for you? Can God trust you to whom much is given, much is expected? Can God really trust you with the things? How are you proving your obedience to God in the small things? See, God doesn't have a problem blessing obedience as we see here in Nehemiah. I'm going to finish it up with these last two verses. Verse 9 says, when I 
When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, not only did he send letters, but what did he do? He also sent along armies of officers and horsemen <laughs> to protect me. See, the king didn't just send letters that, that Nehemiah had asked for, but, but he sent a posse. He sent an army and officers to protect him. Come on, somebody. You know that my God is able to do far more immeasurably more than we could ever dream or ask. And God so far supersedes our plans. 12 years to build the wall? Uh-uh. Hey, Nehemiah, listen. I'm God. I'm doing 52 days. But he would see the favor of God on him. The king sends an army. But when Sanballat, the Heronite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, when they heard of my arrival, they were displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Wow. Nehemiah had a burden. That burden led to a vision. That vision then led to action to ask the king for blessing and favor and the time off from cupbearing and papers. Did you notify? I need to notify your forest manager. Everything's in place. God is blessing. The gracious hand of God is on me. But can I just tell you something, guys? Sometimes when you step out and do something for God, you're going to face opposition. In fact, can I just tell you, not everyone is on the Lord's side. And, and this burden that you have or this calling that God has, you know, check this out, that they may not be for you. Send ballot and Tobiah, we're going to get into that next week. But listen, there, there, there are going to be people that will try to stop you when God has called you to do something. They'll talk trash about you. There'll be a disruption caused. There'll be people say, it can't be done. There'll be people say, you're not the one that can really do that. You should be disqualified. And I'm telling you, the enemy will begin to do all that. Listen, anytime we represent something of the light, there is darkness that will come and try to stop it. Are you with me today, 1910? Nehemiah knew that. That's why he had to have the papers. That's why he wanted to show, listen, you can say what you want. But I have papers from the king. I have papers from the king. I want to encourage you with something today, just as I heard from a lady in the first service. I have this burden. I have this vision. And, and it's awesome. And it's going to make a difference for the kingdom. But I'm facing this hurdle, this roadblock, this mountain. Right? You're going to face those things when they're of God. But here's what I know about my God. He is a way maker. I, I know that my God makes a way when there seems to be no way. I, I know that whenever I, I'm at my wits end, and listen, when I get to the end of my rope, that's just the beginning for God to do what he can do. My setback is a set up for him to show up and do what he can do. Are you with me there? And so I want to encourage you. What are you burdened about? What breaks your heart? What do you see happening around that you might think God is calling me to step into that and to make a difference for him?
That vision starts with the burden. I mean, I want to encourage you to steal a page from the book of Nehemiah and pray and ask God. It might happen today or next week. It might be a four-month journey. It might be a four-year. But I want to encourage you to believe that with God, all things are possible. There will be a rebuilding take place, and it's starting. There's a rebuilding happening in this house right now. And I'm excited. But here's what we're going to begin to see. It's going to take all of us to make it happen. Let's go. It's going to take all of us to make it happen. And we're going to begin to see in the weeks to come that everybody participated. That little tide, that little tithe, that little Ziploc baggie of money, God breathed on it and does so much more than we could ever dream of or imagine. I want to ask you to stand today. And ministry team, will you come join me down front? Because I, I know that there are some people in this room today that are facing something. There's a hurt, a pain, there's a difficulty. There's a molehill or maybe a mountain that you're facing. There's a difficult conversation, a decision that needs to be made. And you might be wondering, oh, what am I going to do? I would just say, I'm glad you're at that place to where you don't know what to do. But I want to encourage you to take it to the one who does know what you should do. And your challenge is to begin to seek the Lord. He says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So what you're facing, it's not impossible. God can do it. And he's probably going to do it in a better manner than you ever could. Would you let him step into your situation? Would you let him guide? Would you trust him? Would you call out to him? Would you look to him to be the one to be your provider? So God, I want to pray for everyone that's listening today, whether they're online or in the house. And God, I pray that right now we would understand that all things are possible with you. There is nothing that is too far out from your reach. Lord, the word impossible is not in your vocabulary. God, I, I, I pray for the person right now that's given up and feels like it's hopeless. No, no. You're still God and you're still on your throne and they're still alive, they're breathing and God, there's still a work that I believe that you want to do through them. God, these burdens that we carry, visions for how you want to use us, God, I pray that we would understand that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to stop that and to keep it from happening. But God, I pray that we would just trust in you and we would remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we would walk boldly and courageously. You've commanded us, do not be afraid, do not be terrified. You tell us you will be with us wherever we go. Lord, we know your promise that if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, God, let us be your people of faith. Let us be people that take risks, knowing that, God, if you're behind it, it will be. It will happen. So, God, for the person facing something today, I pray they not, not miss. Hey, guys, listen, you need to know I have confidence in these people down front today. 
And God may just have a word for you of encouragement through them. So don't leave here today. I know we've got dinner plans with mom and things to do, but don't miss this moment, what the Holy Spirit is doing in this room right now. He's preparing you. That setback is a setup for a great God to do something that only he's possible or capable of, only possible through him. God, as we leave this place today, I pray that we'd walk in Godfidence, that we walk with you. Let us be people of prayer in the small things. Yes, daily communication with you, walking and talking with God each and every day. Let us be obedient to those things you call us to do, God, and not afraid, knowing that you're with us each and every step of the way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Let's go.